0: You're listening to the Oz TV podcast only on the Oz Network.
1: Hello! And welcome back to the Oz Network.
0: For our amazing race coverage!
1: coverage. (laughs) Excuse me, you came in early. Oh. You were supposed to come in after I said it for echo. (laughs) For our continued Amazing Race Australia coverage here on the Oz Network. We are, what, three weeks in now? Mm -hmm. Three weeks into The Amazing Race Australia, and we have the best episode yet to cover (laughs) uh, and episode six. So we've got a lot to get to. I am joined by my Australian expert. Oh, I'm Rossi, and I'm joined by my Australian expert, (laughs) Jared.
2: Thank you. It's uh, it's good to be back, and um, thank you to all the viewers for um, getting the viewership back into the 600,000 mark, uh, back in the top ten for shows on a, a Monday and Tuesday night
1: and the improved os network ratings we've no longer gotten one star reviews we've <laughs> mm-hmm. got and you as you could tell he chimed in too early and wanted to steal the solo for himself but colin is finally joining us so chris dixon will be happy yeah. uh
0: well i think that uh this being the best podcast yet uh we're probably going to be pushing 600,000 downloads now that i'm back on here you're welcome guys <laughs> Yeah, the Dixon Clan
1: (laughs) downloaded in the store. Yeah, we have Colin. You're finally here to talk about it. Uh, So so I'll let you uh, give your little piece on the season so far, since you've been missing for the first two weeks.
0: Uh, Yeah, well, I'm 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 kind of surprised by this whole best episode ever thing for week three that we have here, because personally, I mean, I I did think this was an improvement over the first two episodes. I kind of wish that I was on last week, because I felt like those were maybe the stronger ones. Um, I wasn't really that crazy about these two Mongolia episodes. I thought there were some things here that were really good, and then some things where I was just like, oh, they they really could have done that differently, and I think there's a lot of potential. Like, uh, I'll have a couple of comments here and there about some of the challenges where I'm like, you know, if they'd just done this differently, I felt like this could have been better, and I mean, overall, it's still, you know, is improvement over the first week, but um, I'm not finding that I'm absolutely in love with any of the teams now that the nuns are gone. They were by far my favorite. I I I hope I'm not alone in that. Can we get a round Mm -hmm. of applause if I'm not alone? (laughs) I'm alone. (laughs) I'm the only one who loves the nuns. You heard that nuns. (laughs) Don't come on the show to talk to Rossi. Um, but uh, I, I will say I love Viv and Joey. They're growing on me every single week. Uh, some of the other ones I'm finding kind of bland. I like Tim and Rod. They're fun. Um, kind of happy with the two teams who went home, or not the two teams, with the the most recent one. The the first team I love that went home this week. The second team I was a little bit indifferent on. But overall, I mean, the season it's, it's so sorry. <laughs> they were thieves let's just call it out now if this were amazing race canada everybody would be hating them uh but still i mean i think the season as a whole has been entertaining enough that you know when i kind of had the choice this morning or not this morning like yesterday morning i think it was of oh you know what i should watch amazing race australia oh but survivor was on last night i should really watch survivor i'm like no you know what i'll watch amazing race australia and boy am i glad i made that choice
1: Uh, Mm -hmm. Too soon, (laughs) calm. Too soon. Uh, uh, What have you been thoughts on the new... Obviously, you shared some of your thoughts which we aired on the first week, but obviously, we've talked quite a bit about Bo and some of the challenges. Uh, What are you... What are your thoughts on the hugs and sort of (laughs) all the um, things that are just slightly off that we've been referring to?
0: Well, (laughs) you know, had this been two weeks ago, this... uh, (laughs) <laughs> would have been a little bit less of a touchy thing. But I, I did feel like some of his oh. hugging in week one was maybe sure, <laughs> was maybe um, a little bit too much in people's personal space. Um, I don't know if he got some notes or some feedback because I specifically noticed this week a lot of his hugs were like, awkward to the point of like oh where should my hand go here which is the way I hug like Jamie tells me like we've been married for seven years and she still tells people I'm trying to teach him how to hug because apparently I'm just the world's most awkward hugger like I don't know am I supposed to bounce am I supposed to jiggle am I supposed to like dance and she's like stop dancing just stand there I'm like okay no no no, you're too stiff so I kind of sympathize with him a bit but yeah the, the awkward hugs are very obvious although I love Bo Ryan I think that he's a fun host he does some interesting things here um I'd like to see him get involved in the challenges more, especially since he's an athletic guy, uh, like the introduction of the challenges. Uh, but, you know, he's he's growing on me every single week. I don't think there'll ever be a replacement for Grant Bowler. He's, you know, right up there as one of the best hosts in any uh, reality show period I've seen. Um, I don't know how much—I didn't listen to last week's episode. I don't know how much you guys addressed the villains. I mean, I, I got some thoughts on them. Um not the most controversial things, which I kind of just don't even want to talk about, but even just them being presented as villains this season. You know, I I guess easiest way to sum it up is that I feel like there's a difference between Dave and Arena on Amazing Race Canada and Sid and Ash and that Dave and Arena kind of made being villains fun because they were very conscious of we're villains and we're doing this for entertainment. We're doing this as characters on a TV show. And I just feel like Sid and Ash, just, part of it just feels like, we keep getting these previews talking about, oh, their revenge is coming. It's like nothing really ever comes of this. They sort of stole something from nuns once, and then they're just another one of these sort of middle-of-the-road bland teams for me.
2: Now, to be fair, they also told people there was a roadblock further down the set of steps that they just climbed down, so it wasn't just a one-off incident.
0: <laughs> but but in comparison to like Dave and Arena, like they gave us so much more drama and, like, the previews week by week seem to be promoting it as, that, like, it's going to be explosive, and then it's just like, well, okay, you know, they're there. They're a little bit sneaky, but a lot of teams are.
2: Mm, and Dave and Arena didn't steal anybody's dumplings. Yeah, that's um, right. Which I'm still not over, and that definitely should have been a <laughs> two-hour penance.
1: Yeah, I can see that people, less people would actively root against these two versus uh, Dave and Arena, which many people actively rooted against. So I guess there's a difference. Maybe it's a cultural thing as well. Like we're in the the mateship, Australia. So like teammanship and camaraderie are like big ticket items and you got to be fair no matter what situation you're in and everything. So maybe that's where people are like, oh, these villains are nasty is coming from. Yes. Uh, But we got the best episode yet to talk about. (laughs) Uh, So let's get right to it uh we're finally in a new country like we're moving to mongolia uh teams know nothing about mongolia apparently because that was a large discussion at the beginning of the episode but they know nothing jared we finally got our question what happened to the ring they brought the ring back mm-hmm. in this episode. the rings back halo rings are accepted in mongolia apparently even though they look like they hardly spent any money on these last two legs but they have their rings uh and we also got our map back. I know we were complaining about not having the the map of the where they're traveling to and stuff like that. So we got that back. Some classic, amazing race coming back into the fold.
2: Still no starting times,
1: uh, and they're not starting where they left off either. But we got two things back. We we Colin, I don't know if you heard. But we were complaining about the the halo ring is their like product placement mm-hmm. of the season. And we were saying it doesn't compare to the BMO Cashback <laughs> World
0: <of> Mastercard. <laughs> yeah, what could nothing I mean, tops BMO. Uh,
1: even the dailies contact. Yeah. <laughs> you know,
2: quite if you saw them throughout the episode, because they were <laughs> difficult to spot. Yeah, <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah we need um, some sort of contact or some sort of uh, in the race product for the Amazing Race Australia. What could they put in the in the race, Jared?
2: Uh oh, I don't know shoes <laughs>
1: <laughs> something more classically Australian, maybe,
2: yeah, like I don't know, a poor cat or um it's just some more kangaroos koalas. We do get the um who gave somebody gave away a koala to somebody uh Adrian gave a koala to somebody in one of the legs. I don't know, more um Australian animals throughout the race.
1: So we have our back, we have our map, we have some of our classic amazing race back, but we also have our first challenge, which the amazing race Australia loves doing. These route info tasks the first thing anyone mm-hmm. does. So they have, which we've argued has been some of the best challenges of the season. Um, I don't think this one was quite there, but they have to climb the who knows how many steps to get their next clue at the top of this like war memorial. Uh nothing really came out of this except for Viv and Joey couldn't see the clue because they were too short, <laughs> um, which is funny and a little sad. But uh, still uh, some enjoyable moments. Uh, I don't even remember if teams overtook at this point. It was just a, a challenge. Um, Colin, do you have any thoughts on this?
0: I mean, the only thing I really noted was – I liked that Viv and Joey couldn't see it. You know, not that not, I'm not rooting against them. They're my favorite team at this point. But it, it's when you have little things like that where it's clearly a very easy challenge, I mean, I'm sure it was exhausting to get up those stairs, but, you know, it, it's not like there was a lot of drama. It's not like it was going to take anybody four hours and they'd have to take a penalty. Uh, just little things thrown out there, you know, kind of like when a person has a fear of heights and they have to do something or, uh, you know, they... they can't stand the taste of milk and (laughs) you know it makes them gag anything that to put a team at a disadvantage it'll make a challenge slightly more interesting really that's the only thing to this challenge you know but it's a cool location i think that's one thing that both of these episodes had going for it despite some you know lackluster challenges i thought the location was fantastic
1: any thoughts jared oh nothing
2: much to add yeah i agree i think it was like a cool spot to show um i also love the not being able to see and the fact that it was the opposite of in the first leg when sid and ash couldn't see the clue because it was too low and now we had a team (laughs) not being able to see the clue because it was too high um so i'm glad we've got that contrast there but yeah overall just kind of your stock standard um let's chuck a challenge in early which as you said the amazing race australia seems to love
1: some have been hits some not so many not so big hits uh Maybe they should hide the clue in plain sight. Teams can't find it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think that would be a nice adjustment, but who knows? They probably won't do it because th- they don't use their sponsors very well. So, uh, But they have, after they climb the steps and they have to go, is this the roadblock? They have to get to the roadblock, which is the wheel, sp- not roadblock, yeah. the other challenge, which is the wheel spinning. Okay. mm
2: mm-hmm.
1: So, before we get to the challenge, obviously, there was this point where the (laughs) villains of the season needed a cab, so they hired a cab, but the evil sisters (laughs) stole their cab, and they were ready to get back at them right away. Uh, I just thought it was very hypocritical that they were complaining about teams cheating when they openly cheated in one of the early challenges of the season by stealing dumplings and doing other stuff. I just thought a little bit of hypocrisy hypocrisy there, but I mean... Gave us. It didn't even give us drama. It was just yeah. their own inner feud that, like, only one side knew about. I think just the one storyline
2: of the entire, life, yeah, the whole way through.
1: Yeah. I, any anyone enjoy this, or is this just like filler? Well, I think this is the
2: second time sisters have been caught cheating because obviously we had the cheating with turning around the scales <laughs> the previous episode. Um, so, getting a little bit of a reputation at this point in time. Um, No, I I loved the whole hypocrisy. I thought it was so funny. I'm like, was it even, like, there was always, like, like, vague whether it was actually their cab or not anyway. Like, if you called them, you should have said, like, it's booked for Sid and Ash. Um, I don't know. I just, yeah, it was was funny, and it was a nice storyline to kind of keep the leg going, I suppose.
1: I did think it was funny. Like, there was, like, a shot they were passing. Sid was outside or something, and they were in the cab, and... The sisters are like, is this their cab? And, like, they were just, like, clueless to the fact that the other teams were looking, like, hired a cab. It just played funny for the sisters, and they were just, like, so bitter about losing a cab and losing, like, what, half an hour? Like, and they didn't even come in last? Or They were, like, very, like, they were high on the, like, finishing place, so it's not like they lost a lot of time because of this.
0: Sid Nash, you and, mean, or? Yeah. Yeah, they, they, I think both teams were kind of about halfway point uh I guess the sister's a little bit past that. Like, but that's the thing. It it didn't really amount to anything. And this is what bothered me that, that there was so much made out of, you know, oh, this is going to be a feud. We're going to get them back. And it's like, it just, it, it it's one scene. And it doesn't go anywhere. And, you know, what I found really hilarious, because again, going back to the Amazing Race Canada, I had no problem with the cab ceiling. I I'd say you know, do what you can and don't blame the cab drivers, you know, d- don't blame the teams or the cab drivers, you know, people have to earn a living, people have to get ahead and race. But the sisters, their reaction to it was almost like, oh, did we just take their cab? Eh, okay. <laughs> and it wasn't like a vindictive thing. They're just like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> like, it, this is kind of what I was saying back in Amazing Race Canada is like you go to any other country in the world. This is just normal. It's not a big deal. And I, I it just, uh it bothered me so much. On the the people watching Amazing Race Canada were like so upset about cab stealing. Meanwhile, everybody was doing it, and here it's just it's an afterthought. You know, somebody stole a cab. Oh well.
1: Yeah, you should uh, tell those fans that they should watch this season, and they'd be outraged. <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, no, I'm actually I was curious about that because uh, I watched this episode, you know, a couple of days before watching the um, the other one, and i wanted to go online to see what are people saying about this are people just as upset as they were with all the cab stealing in amazing race canada but i didn't want to spoil this episode so did anybody else read any outrage about this or was it just like oh yeah that was kind of cool i haven't seen anything yeah yet.
2: <laughs> the only the only outrage i saw this whole season was like the dumpling stealing was a big thing mm-hmm you
0: cannot steal food from nuns yeah <laughs> um, it's, it's not a thing not a thing you're allowed to do <laughs> you know what like the, there's there's a level it's like murder stealing dumpling from nuns straight to hell that's it <laughs> you don't yeah. get a, there's no second chance
1: <laughs> yeah stealing a cab doesn't even enter No, it
0: that doesn't list. even crack the surface yeah it so might arena are clear it might even get you bonus points. Well, if you yeah, if you steal from dumpling
2: stealers, is that like a positive thing? <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's just karma for the the amazing race. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's it's some long term plan established by the nuns after they were eliminated mm-hmm. that they were getting back at them for stealing their dumplings. <laughs> but after they, uh, uh, what getting to the actual challenge that they were supposed to get to, which was they have to spin the. Prayer wheels in this oh. temple, and two-story temple, and they have to find the monk ra- milling around on the top floor and give them the right answer. If not, they have to go back down. I think only one team struggled with getting <laughs> the answer right, and that was Jared's <laughs> beloved. Uh, but this challenge seemed a little bit messy. Like there have been better versions of like find the the monk. I think. In watching the best highlights of Lucy and Amelia from season two, like they had to do a challenge where they had to unwrap like monks turbans and then rewrap them if they didn't have a clue. Like there was just better versions of this sort of like hide and seek. Uh, the, ch- the the counting didn't mm-hmm. even matter too much because only one team really struggled. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it, a fine challenge. I didn't hate it. It just like didn't add too much to the episode except put Chris and Adrian at the back of the pack.
0: Yeah, like this is one of those things where I said there's a little thing you could do to make this challenge better because there wasn't a lot of, you know, shake up in the the rankings here or anything. Everybody kind of just breezed through it. It wasn't like they had this absurd number where they need to count 700 and something and you would lose track. Like I feel like most people can count to 200 and whatever it was. Uh, If it wasn't for Chris and Adrian, this would have been really dull to watch, but I, I think that this needed noise. Like this, the sounds right. I'm not saying the teams should have gone and they like one, two, three, and like ringing them like gongs or something, but like add some music to it because I feel like this is something where all the teams were going very fast. It should have been fast paced. And just this entire season, and I, don't, I don't remember season two. I never saw the first season, but I remember season two and three well enough to know if there was a lot of use of music the way that there is in the U S version. But this felt like it needed some dramatic music playing because you just went from, you know, this rush to go up the stairs and then the cabs and everything, and then you get into this very quiet building where everybody has to keep their voices down and talk in whispers, and they're all respectfully moving slow. Like, you can increase the suspense by just adding some music in there, but I kind of started falling asleep during it.
2: Yeah, I do not think it was the best challenge. And... I think it's only the second counting challenge of the race, but, like, it feels like we've had a lot of, like, similar challenges. Um, I didn't understand the whole, you have to spin these prayer wheels as you go, and, like, it was, like, like an actual specific thing they had to do because half the teams weren't doing it. Um, Yeah, like everybody said, not that difficult. Standout moment is uh, Chris and Adrian (laughs) not being able to do anything right and fighting again, like a carryover from the last couple of legs. Uh, And then um, those uh, horrible girls um, just getting the answer straight away from the boys. um, Just to add insult, um, the fact that they stole the cabin. Now they're just getting answers for free. Um, They're just cheating all over the shop at this point. (laughs) Um, The thing I did like is that they had all these monks upstairs and you had to kind of find which one. Although I would have rather if the monks were walking amongst the whole temple rather than just being upstairs. I think, like the Amazing Race Australia, we saw a similar challenge where it was counting, but then one monk told the truth, and then another monk um, <laughs> told lies or something. <laughs> like there was just more that they could have could have done with this.
0: Yeah, we need um, lying monks in the Amazing Race.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think that's been the history of what we've said. Is like the challenges are fine. Like some of them are very similar. Some of them are like cool new versions but they're just like missing that like extra element that Mm -hmm. makes it super special and super unique for this season especially because they came back and it's a kind of a reboot like bring the bring your best like bring some of the good stuff that we like i think they did that with australian survivor why can't they kind of bring that here uh but yeah the challenge is really simple um
0: do you know what would have made it a little bit more fun you know I just thought about this when Jared was talking about the monks and everything. I wanted to see them, you know, spinning the thing going, one, two, three. And then every every once in a while, a monk come up and just be like, shh. I think it needed
2: the drill sergeant from the career leg to be (laughs) yelling at them while they were. Spin faster, count faster. (laughs) Chris and Adrian, learn how to work together. Just do it methodically. And I hate all the calculators and the writing down of numbers. Um, <laughs> scrap all stationery from the Amazing Rates, please.
1: How are they supposed to get it?
0: Use it to just keep the numbers in their mind. Make it more difficult. I mean, you're, you're ca- it's not like you're counting. Like, okay, there's 10 right there and there's 6. It's, you're actually going 1, 2, 3. Are there a lot of people who just lose 17, 18? Wait, what comes after 18? Like, it's not that hard.
1: You do
0: it. I could do it. You
1: go to Mongolia and do this I was
0: thinking about that, like, and and again, this is in defense of Chris and Adrian, because I know there are people who are just like, Jamie's like this. She's terrible at math, you know. uh, You you could give me, like, six, you know, seven different combinations of numbers, and I could add them up in my head. And meanwhile, Jamie, she'd be like, okay, so 20 plus 13 is how much? And I'm like, think about it for a second. Think about it. (laughs) But there are people, and, you know, I think everybody has their strengths and weaknesses. I was just, I was glad for the sake of the race that we did have Chris and Adrian on there, that we had at least one team who struggled with the the adding. And I guess also in defense, you know, these things weren't lined up one, two, three, four. There was kind of like a top row and then there was a bottom row. So you might be going one on the top, one on the bottom, one on the top, one on the bottom, or other teams might go, okay, here's all the top ones. And then the bottom. So, Granted, there are some areas where a team could have gotten tripped up. It's just, I kind of wish that more teams had gotten tripped up with this.
2: There needs to be, like, a hidden, like, section with extra prayer wheels that was a bit
0: more difficult to find, like, out the back or something. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's where the monk can come in lying to them. (laughs) The secret room is in the basement.
1: (laughs) I genuinely thought you were about to say they needed a hidden immunity idol in the. the I was like, what? I was like, "How's that going to help?" Um, but yeah, also, yeah, it made no sense why those girls just were like, "Hey, what's the answer?" And the guys are just like, "Yeah, it's it's this number," like that came out of nowhere. Like, unless I'm forgetting something, like that surprised me.
0: No, and like we talked about this on the Amazing Race Canada too. Just that, you know, I don't blame any teams. The rules are what they are, but like there needs to be some type of rule where even if you get the answer somehow or you show up to location, like in the case of Amazing Race Canada, and you know what the answer is just by, oh, I've been here before, you still should have to go through the motion. So if they got the answer right at the doorway, and then, you know, they're like, okay, this is our answer. No, you still need to actually physically spin the wheels. Because if part of the challenge is you have to count them and spin them, why wouldn't they make them go through and just spin them? And they could not bother counting, just say, I'm just going to jog through this, and then give the number at the end, like there needs to be something in place just for the sake of not making a boring race because it's not the team's fault it's the, the the fault of the rules that we're getting boring television by teams just being able to skip tasks
2: this is why we need the identical twin monks one good one yes. bad yeah.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> so the teams can't direct them to the right one
1: Maybe they did do it, like, based on the poor editing of some of these challenges. Like, they could have done it, and we wouldn't have known. Um, I doubt that they did. But, like, who knows with some of the editing that we've gotten this season. It's hard to tell. But, uh, so after they get their clue, they have to go to the bus stop, where they're going to pick one of three buses, you know, leaving at different times, I guess, until the last team gets on the bus, Um, it seemed like. uh, But, Uh, the buses were just kind of when you got there and I thought that there were some fun-ish scenes with, you know, the the guys and the sisters. They were clearly like, one was interested in one of them. I can't tell the difference between either of the teams. Uh, (laughs) But one of the guys was interested in one of the girls and... uh, talking about that, and then that third bus was so awkward. Oh yeah. It was just such uncomfortable silence. I was like, oh,
0: They could not have picked three better teams to be on the last bus together, to all be at the... We know we're the bottom of the pack, and none of us want to be here, and none of us want to be with you other people.
1: Yeah, It was just like an odd mix of teams, but uh, they got through it. We didn't see much of it, but that was just a bit awkward. Um, and then they get to their new location, and then they have to Drink the fermented goat milk, right? Horse milk, horse milk, fizzy horse milk, Um, fermented fizzy (laughs) sour horse milk, and eat their little biscuit or whatever it was.
0: Uh, was They look good. I was craving biscuits while that was on. I was craving fizzy milk. (laughs) I was craving nothing
1: uh, (laughs) because many of the teams were gagging on this milk. Yeah, some teams struggled. Poor Jasmine was really struggling. Uh, <laughs> so much so that they had to cut to an ad break for her. Um, but yeah, some teams struggled. Some teams just got it down and didn't complain. But um, another route r- r- in boat challenge. We've had three in a row. Might as well keep going. <laughs> I was surprised that there was a detour after this at all. But uh, we had a detour, which was, Milking the best or herd the rest, um, which mostly turned out to only one team decided to do one challenge and everyone else did the other. Mm-hmm. But uh, that herding challenge was a real mess because like teams were just like doing whatever they wanted. Like Adrian was tackling some of the oh, animals. Yeah. <laughs> like other teams weren't using the little like fishing thing that they had. Like it was just a mess. Like and then there was the d- confusion as to what you had to paint because like they came on and they're like you must paint the horns and then teams are just throwing the paint at the animal it's just like a mess and then the milking was another milking challenge but it was boring because they got nothing out of it because only one team actually did it so
0: they should have had to drink it when they were done
1: (laughs) no they had their fizzy milk already they can't have two milk (laughs) yeah but
2: this was non fizzy Yeah, (laughs) it evens it out
1: (laughs) uh calling you detour anything Dizzy milk anything
0: I mean this is probably the only moment where I really feel like Jerome and Jasmine are stars is her <laughs> over politeness here because we've all seen these types of challenge before I mean they're expecting the people to kind of have trouble with it and she was like oh and I loved how polite she was she's like take it <sighs> all of it do I have to drink all of it yes oh okay all right oh Oh, oh! I'm so sorry. I don't want to offend you. And she kept talking about like, Oh, I felt so bad that I was offending them. These poor people, they're giving me all that they have. I'm like, do you really think that the Amazing Race shows up and says, oh, Okay, so all you've got uh, in your fridge is this biscuit and this fizzy horse milk. Uh, we're going to take that. Okay. And we're going to give it to our teams. No compensation for you, but we'll put you on TV. Like, I'm sure that this is, they're being compensated or provided. But she was like, so worried that they were going to be offended at her gagging at this stuff um i mean the 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 milking you know it it was what it was there was nothing to really show there i kept thinking to myself i'm like is anybody else doing this one Uh, because i think we had a challenge like that there was a detour in amazing race canada where none of the teams took one of them and i actually asked myself i'm like why did they not just present this as a challenge? Why did they have to present it as a detour if there is no detour here? Uh, in this case, I mean, it would have been nice to have another team there, but I kept forgetting that this was a detour because everybody was doing the herd one. And this herd one, you're like, you're completely right, Rossi. It, there were no rules to this. You know, they set it up like you have to both, you know, catch the thing with this rope noose or whatever, and then the other person has to paint it. You would think they had to do it in that order, but it was literally just like somebody could run around, put paint on every single one of these goats' heads, and then the other guy just catches them whenever they get a chance. And they didn't have to transport it either. Like the first time I saw it, I thought that, you know, they were counting. They're like, oh, that's two. And I'm like, wait, is that? Because they literally just get this rope around the neck for a split second, and then the goat slips out. They're like, oh, that's one. Like, why don't they make this so that you have to catch it and take it over? Like, what real hurting is, take it over and move it into a different pen or something. It's just, it was, it was a, like you you said, a complete mess of a challenge.
1: Sure.
2: Yeah, I agree. I think, um, the drinking, the fermented milk was kind of a highlight of the episode. Mm-hmm. And I love the contrast of, uh, Jerome and Jasmine being so polite. And then Sid and Ash just being like, this is gross. It's disgusting. Yeah. Like, <laughs> As, like while they're in there and then as soon as they walk out as well. Um, yeah, I agree about the detour. I think the hurting was absolute shambles. I uh, complain about the season so far as being like, the rules haven't been super clear on things, like with the turning weights around. Like, was it actually against the rules or is that something that Adrian made up? And this, yeah, it was just, you didn't have to use the uh, rope to catch them. Um, teams are honestly like, a goat ran past them, and they just put their hand out and slap it with paint and be mm. like, yep, that's five. Um, yeah, I agree, Colin. I think it needed to be, like, herd them to a specific area. Um, who knows if, like, goats potentially were painted by, like, multiple teams during this. Like, it wouldn't surprise me. The whole, you have to paint the horns, but then you can paint them on the butt as well. Like, I don't know. It was just messed up. And, and the milking was was... Weird, because who like why did it take so long? Mm. And then like the guys like did it fairly quickly. It seemed it just didn't seem like a good balance between the two. I think if the herding had been more difficult, then it would have been fair. But it just felt like the milking was going to take so much longer. Um, well, we saw Jerome and Jasmine switch, and then they just smashed out the herding. So just not really balanced challenges. And, yeah, drinking all of the poor people's milk. Um, they obviously <laughs> thought they were going to get compensated by teams doing the milking challenge, but they only <laughs> got one cup back. Um it was a bit slack.
1: But, you know, when there's always a low, there's a high to follow. And we had camels on the way to the pit stop, so what could be better? Uh, which I, I actually really did enjoy, that, like, there was this part where they had to have the compass and the directions and they sort of had to navigate themselves to the pit stop granted like only two teams really struggled with this Nick and Femi who went off in the complete opposite direction Uh, so much so that Bo had to come on and said well the pit stop is actually over here which I really appreciated I love that little bit where he's coming on over the the episode and then Viv and Joey who completely disappeared during this segment (laughs) they were just nowhere to be found and they were like, oh, I guess we're last now. And I was like, where were they the entire episode? They, like, disappeared. Uh, I wanted them to, like, that, show
0: up, you know, halfway through the next episode still wandering the desert just going, water, water.
1: <laughs> Fermented horse milk, yeah, please.
0: Milk, horse milk.
1: <laughs> yeah, that wouldn't have surprised me if they, like, ended this episode early because Vim <laughs> and Joey were still lost. <laughs> and, like, you'll have to find out what happens on the next episode tomorrow. Um I could see that happening. What a cliffhanger, like,
2: yeah. The second best episode
1: yet, tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> but some teams managed to get the Camels to run, and they were really storming, and then there was an intense pit stop race at the very end with Jerome and Jasmine just inching out the the guys for their fifth first place finish. They did not get their fifth, so they could uh, stay at their four. Um, and obviously... Freaking Chris getting knocked off the camel and, like, cracking a rib, question mark. Um, And Adrian trying to make this some big romantic thing. Like, (laughs) isn't it nice? And laying in the desert with my man. Like, what? It's just just a very odd ending to this episode that was already a little bit odd.
0: You know, I, I hate to be negative about this, But what really would have made this better is a really big aerial shot. Like, they've started to do this in recent seasons of the U.S. version. I think Canada did it this past season, too. When you have, like, I think about the Labyrinth, the maze challenge they had in Amazing Race Canada last season. When you have a lot of teams over, like, a wide area, it's kind of good to get, like, a really high aerial shot where you kind of, like, have the arrow. It says Chris and Adrian, and it'll say Femi and Nick or something like that. So you get context of where everybody is because this was really the only exciting part of the episode. And it was so good. Like I was loving the fact that these teams couldn't see where they're going. It's not just, okay, well, it's, you know, who knows how far over there. Usually the challenge in this is just dealing with the animal. The animals were, other than for Chris, the animals weren't really an (laughs) issue in this. It it was like, you know, okay, well, how far do we have to go? Okay, which direction? East. Now, how are we going to know if we miss it or not? These sand dunes are so high we can't see over them. There was so much challenge to this and a lot of shakeups. Like when Sid and Ash suddenly came in and 4th I'm like, how did that happen? Um, but it's just one little thing. Just you add that big aerial shot where you see this is where the teams are. Because this went on longer than any of the challenges, I feel like. Uh, and I love that about it. I thought it was uh, – this is probably the second or third time – this season where an episode is ended with a really great race to the finish, which is the thing that I'm always wanting more of in all other amazing races. So, I mean, credit to the show for that. But, yeah, the the Chris thing, did anybody else notice when he falls off? Like, it actually sounds like like I don't know he's he's having giving birth or something like he was doing this weird growl it like oh oh it, it wasn't like oh I just hurt my rib it was like this growl that went on forever like oh, oh. <laughs> and it kept evolving it started as like oh, oh, oh. <laughs> and, and yeah the, the thing with there these two People are fighting for, like, what, three, four weeks in a row. And then it's like, isn't the sky beautiful, Chris? <laughs> wow, look at that. Aren't you glad that we're laying here, waiting on medical attention, <laughs> staring at this beautiful sky? Such a great ending for that team.
2: This was just, the like, the best. The highlight of the episode, um, I agree with Colin. It, it did need kind of the aerial shots, like, similar to what we got at the end of um, Leg 2. Where they were racing on the kikes to the finish. Yeah. Like, we needed like to know where all the teams were because it was just all over the shop. Like, Nick and Femi, like, did they only go like 15 meters in the wrong direction because they seemed to catch up really quickly? Their camel was amazing. Um, the most cooperative animal ever, I think, on the amazing race. Uh, yeah, the highlight was them running. Um, the finish of like Jasmine being like, you have to have your feet on the mat and, and mm-hmm. the deadly duo getting <laughs> ahead of. Um, Tom and Tyler, I thought was great, and Tom and Tyler's, oh, we're, we're not disappointed. Which was definitely sour grapes at this point. Like you could tell, they were like pissed off that they didn't finish first
1: again. You mean sour fermented horse milk?
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, what else? Viv and Joey. The fact that they got so lost, but it, but like you weren't sure that they were lost. Like it was never pointed out. or oh, they've gone completely in the r- wrong direction, or are they just walking slower, or is it just that they like in particular can't see over any of the sand dunes. Um oh, it was just so good throughout the whole thing. Um but yeah I agree. Definitely needed the aerial shot uh to know what was happening, but all the overtaking throughout, um finally kind of big shakeups um throughout, which has been kind of lacking in, in the first couple of weeks.
1: Yeah, biggest week for shake ups this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, and especially seeing as we didn't get the <laughs> First five time like finishing team like a uh, team finishing first five times in a row. I don't know if that's happened, but we avoided that.
0: And and like the saying goes, you can teach an old dog new tricks. <laughs> oh wait, that's not how the saying goes. Yeah, it's
1: like I don't think that's right.
0: Chris <laughs> yeah. just
2: had to correct him. He's injured, he's got broken <laughs> ribs, and still she just she couldn't resist the boot in at this point.
1: Um, We also got one hug during the sequence I noted.
0: Yeah, um, Viv and Joey?
1: (laughs) I think so. And Viv and Joey had zero reaction to barely being saved this episode. Like, they come in second last after assuming that they were going to lose. And then he's like, you're the seventh team. And they're like, like, nothing. Like, U.S. teams would be screaming if they were like, it's just, like, I wish that we got bigger reaction out of them.
0: It, now, did they think they were in last, or did they happen to pass by a sand dune and hear, oh, and they're like, well, either a camel is dying or Chris fell off?
1: I don't know. They were giving, like, commentary, like, we got to finish. We got to finish strong. Like, like this is the end. We got to keep going. I don't know. It just seemed like they were destined to be last, and they seemed not surprised that they weren't last. Who knows? Uh, We have another episode to get to, uh, but not as good as the last one, obviously. We just finished the best episode. (laughs) Now we're going to move on to the second best episode, episode six. And I personally, um, before we get into it, I thought that this was one of the best episodes. Granted, I was very rushing through it, but it was still, I thought it was a really enjoyable episode. I thought there was a lot of fun, challenges and stuff, and the order really changed this episode. And I thought that was a nice change of pace as well. Um, I would vote this as the best episode of the Amazing Race Australia of the week. Of the week, um, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> uh, you don't agree?
0: Well, I, I mean, i I didn't mind this episode. Again, I have issues with a lot of the challenges. I did think that this was one where everything was there was nothing that was boring. You know, the challenges we got were moderately entertaining. Uh, there were a lot of shakeups with the teams, which I mean, I almost feel like they realized the rut they were in after four straight episodes of one team dominated and really the other teams all being in the same spots as well that they probably designed this leg to create for some shakeup. So, I mean, I'll agree. This is definitely the better of the two episodes. Um, Still not perfect, but yeah, I'd, I'd go as far to say one of the better ones this season.
2: I feel like if we could have combined the Mongolia legs and taken like the best bits out Mm -hmm. of both, like they could have made a really amazing leg out of this.
1: Yeah, they should have had to dance and drink fermented horse milk. Mm
2: -hmm. And then take the camel to the pit stop.
0: And then actually wrestle instead of just sing a song to a wrestler.
1: (laughs) Hey, that was a hard challenge.
0: (laughs) Not if you have a musical background like Sid.
1: Well, Let's get to our first Root Info task that we have in the episode. Oh,
0: it's the first five-minute Root Info.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's... Standard protocol here on the Amazing Earth Australia season four. Or or season one, I don't know. (laughs) Um. Careful. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Ben's going to hate me for that. (laughs) Um, But we had our sand digging in the dunes where they had to find this box that has a clue and there's only a box for each team. Very similar to the start of 31 where they had to dig at the sandcastle but a little bit different uh, this one actually proved to be quite challenging for a lot mm-hmm. of the teams, so much so that they had to cap a like a time limit on how long you could do it for, and if you didn't do it, you get the two hour penalty. I thought that was an interesting twist like a take on it like if you can't get it done in four hours like you're done. I'm surprised that teams couldn't get it done in four hours, but I guess <laughs> it was very hard um, but It sort of really. This is what really sort of changed the order of it because I think when teams left here, they really set a lead. I think like the first three or four teams that left sort of really stayed in that top position, and then the three teams that kind of left after were really the back of the pack. And I think it was a good way to shake it up. Mm -hmm. Colin, did you like this first uh, road info
0: challenge? (laughs) I did. Like this is. I I think part of the problem with the season as a whole is. When it's not a uh, a roadblock and it's not a detour, those are the best challenges on the episode. Uh, like the, the sand dune race was the best thing in the previous episode, and this was the best part of this episode for the most part. Um, Any time you can throw something in there where it's almost like luck of the draw. And, and yeah, there is strategies that go into this. You know, you have to kind of figure out, okay, well, how, how large is the object? So you want to dig at least a little bit less than that as far as like You know, one hole here, and then a little bit less than whatever the object is, just so you make sure you cover it. But just the fact that you can have a challenge that really is challenging, and that that you know one team may get out of there in five minutes, and another one may be there for four hours. Um, I think my issue with this is similar to um, you know the the other big controversy of Amazing Race Canada last season. Where they had that, uh, what they were digging for crustaceans or whatever, snails or uh, whatever. And a whole bunch of teams had been there for like five hours and almost everybody just took a penalty. Uh, You know, obviously people don't want to see penalties being taken all the time, even though I think sometimes it can be dramatic. In this case, like they capped them. They're like, okay, you're going to get four hours. But I feel like a two hour penalty is a little bit harsh for. A challenge that multiple teams can't finish. I actually came up with a, you know, sort of my own idea while watching this challenge and being disappointed that they were stuck with these two hour penalties. Why don't they make it? Because you know that they do run throughs. Like production will do a run through of a challenge. They'll figure this is how long it'll approximately take. This is how challenging it is. This is how we can tailor it to go quicker or whatever. They kind of have an idea in their head. They're like, okay, well, maybe this challenge takes average two hours to finish whether it be this or anything else if you reach that you know average or whatever or let's say you go even beyond that um you you add two hours on there so if the the production had said this should take no longer than four hours well when you get to you know the four hour mark you give the teams an option you can continue going or you can continue going and and then after two hours, you could end up going longer. Or you can stop this challenge now and take a two-hour penalty. Then you kind of give the teams the choice. So you could have said, okay, yeah, we, we were going to continue going because we're confident we're going to get this in the next 30 minutes. Well, maybe it backfires and they end up taking three hours. I think that's even more dramatic. Or the other way, that you give the teams an option to get out. It's not like we're giving the option to quit. We're saying this is the maximum length of this challenge unless you choose to continue. You're running the risk that you're going to end up taking longer than the two hours that your penalty could be, or you could simply say, "I'll take the two-hour penalty."
1: Interesting. Um, would this be for every root info task you believe, or?
0: Well, I would. Th- yeah, I would think anything that potentially could go on forever, um, which really could be any challenge. I mean, you could say the dancing challenge could go on forever. They already know. I mean, they do the run-throughs of challenge. They know what approximately it should take if you reach you know, let's say an hour past, whatever the approximate time is that they expect these to go on for, then you, you always just give the teams the option. Do you want to continue to go or do you want to take the penalty? It could literally use for every challenge. And it, I would think it would be pretty rare that it would ever get to that point. But it, I think that we had one time in amazing race, Canada, where it's like, it went way longer than it ever should one time hero and way longer than it ever should. It'll maybe bring a little bit more strategy. In and it takes a lot of the pressure off the teams who honestly just reach a point where they're like, I may never get out of here. I have to take a penalty. And then they end up, you know, getting criticized by the public for it. And it makes for, you know, a, a negative show because it feels like people are quitters. You just build it into the rules where teams do have an out or they continue. And then maybe you get this dramatic finish where five minutes later, they find it. And another team stuck there for six hours.
1: It could work. I just think it, sometimes there's going to be some struggles with things that are unexpectedly, like challenging, like I think, had we done tasks like this, we would have never gotten that amazing. Um, like me eating in like Robin Amber's first season, where everyone they convinced everyone to take penalties and stuff like that. I think that well, sometimes it can get a little messy, though. No,
0: but I, I think that we've honestly gotten to that point, though, where penalties are being taken a little too often in every season. In the Amazing Race that. If you just sort of put a little bit of a spin on that, it doesn't—it doesn't end as you know as poorly uh, as just oh well, everybody's a quitter.
1: Yeah, I think Amazing Race can ruin penalties a little bit though.
0: So, and, but in this case, like I didn't love the fact that they just simply said, "Well, four hours." Is, it's not like they were losing daylight. Like there's no reason it should have ended. So I'm guessing. They just have that built into Amazing Race Australia this season where like challenges have a maximum time limit. Uh, We've seen in the past where a place closes so you can't complete a challenge or you lose daylight so you can't complete a challenge. This was obviously something different where they decided we're going to have a maximum time. You combine the idea of a maximum time with the idea of optional penalties, and I think you actually have something that could work.
2: I think, though, this was four hours because of, like, the temperature. Like, they mentioned it before they started, like, it's whatever, like, degrees, they're in the middle of the desert, and, like, I don't know if they said due to that, but they said because, like, there's a four-hour time limit. So it felt like this was more of, like, a safety thing for Mm. the teams, um, that, like, we don't want you out there exposed for more than four hours. But I do agree that there needed to be, I feel like two hours was too harsh if they've spent four hours doing it anyway. Mm-hmm. Like, there was no chance for whoever was left to catch up. Like, thank goodness it was more than one team still there, so there was some suspense. Uh, because if there was one team left, then there's zero suspense. Um, it almost needed to be, like, yeah, like 30 minutes or, I don't know, something that was reasonable that could be ca- caught up. I didn't like that it was, like, mandated two-hour penalty because we're having to pull you out of this challenge for your safety because it's too yeah. hot. Um Give them yeah, another it needs challenge. It to be handled better. Yeah, yeah like give just them tuck a... In like
0: a, a speed bump. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. Agreed. All right. <laughs> Unanimous.
1: <laughs> yes, we agree on something. It's the la- last time it'll happen. Um, <laughs> but after they get their clue box, or have to take the penalty because they couldn't find the clue box, uh, they have to go to wrestle at the next roadblock. <laughs> Or so Aww. they think. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, I enjoyed that. I, I like that the twist was they they think that they're doing a wrestling challenge, but it's actually based on wrestling, but all I have to do is memorize like a little song, and then they have to sing it and perform the, the moves correctly or whatever it was. I, I like the bait and switch of it. I don't necessarily love the actual challenge that we got, but I like the team's expected, a very physical challenge, and they got something a little bit more mental and something that they could not prepare for as well as they thought they could. Uh, and obviously it would have been nicer if some teams really struggled, like, oh, if they picked this person, but the other person would have been really good at it. Um, I don't think we got any of that. But I, the challenge wasn't that great, but there was some... Was there moments? I don't even remember. Were there moments was, in this challenge?
0: Not really.
1: Like Sid was the
2: standout, right? Yeah. He had to do it multiple times, and he got really into it. Um because of this was another background. one. background. Yes, exactly. <laughs> this was another one of those judge challenges where it felt really subjective. It, mm-hmm. Like To me, it didn't sound like any of the teams were actually singing the same things. Some of them were just more so saying it than singing it with any kind of like tune. Uh, it felt like, is this just based on their pronunciation of the words or is it based on like the pitch that they're singing? It just felt really unclear. And with only Sid... I think Sid and, like, Rod maybe had to, or Tim had to do it twice, but then everybody else seemed to kind of get it first go. Um, it just felt like the judge was just super lenient, but then super, like, hard on, on Sid. Like, maybe he'd gotten word that they'd stolen the nun's dumplings yeah. or
0: something. <laughs> I, I I just... Yeah, it's, it's a good idea every once in a while to trip the teams up, but this was promising the audience something really exciting... I wanted to see them have to – it doesn't have to be, all right, you know, you need to deliver a suplex and then a people's elbow, uh, but maybe make them learn a takedown or something like that. It's the equivalent of, you know, we're going to send you uh, to the Indy 500, and you get to wax a car. Like, you're setting up that there's something really exciting coming, and instead you're going to sing a song to a wrestler. (laughs) It doesn't really – feel like it fits. I understand that's part of the, the culture or whatever um, of, of this profession, but like, I wanted to see some people wrestling. <laughs> yeah, we should have it. at
2: least had to dress up in the costume themselves. Yeah! Right?
0: <laughs> and what's the part about yep. them taking the hat off? Like, I didn't even understand that.
1: And we've been not had any um, costumes this season, right? Mm-hmm. Like, which is an Amazing Race mm. classic. We, even we have yeah,
2: had... the Dancing Challenge later in the leg, mm-hmm. I didn't think about that. There was no, like, dress up in traditional costume for that. And the the roadblocks in general this season, like, they're so sporadic. Like, is there even a rule that you're meant to do an even amount? Mm-hmm. Um, like, at this point, it looks like every team that's left has, like, there's been three roadblocks and have split kind of 2-1, so maybe there is a rule, but... I just feel like a roadblock almost needs to be a staple in, like, every single leg, or more often than only appearing in, like, half of the legs so far.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's been very odd, like, what challenges are featured in what episode and, um, how many root info we get versus, like, actual challenges has been (laughs) the, the interesting thing to note. Uh, maybe they'll figure it out as they get closer to the end, but who knows, uh,
2: yeah, he's remembering the Root info task, their final like thing <laughs> from all like the legs?
1: <laughs> or maybe the Pit Stop greeters because uh, Bo likes chatting to them.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: uh, or maybe they will, will do a, a different challenge, maybe a little surprises for that Amazing Race first for their final challenge. But the next challenge that they had to do was the dance or the delivery uh, to stock standard amazing race challenges Mm -hmm. that you have to have on every season. You have to have a dancing challenge and you have to have people go into like some crowded market where they're going to either buy things or sell things or move things like classics. Um, which is what like they didn't really have too much of their own twist to it, but I still thought they were really fun challenges. I thought we got a lot from it. We got, you know, the deadly duo showing some cracks. They were fighting a little bit. Um, you know Viv and Lo- Joey getting lost in the crowd, and and in the dancing, we got some stuff with you know Tim and Rod coming out and like really being the stars of this uh, challenge, and some of the other teams uh, doing surprisingly well. I thought this was a, a really cool uh, do- uh, set of challenges here, even if they weren't the most original.
0: Yeah, you're completely right in that these are just you have them on every Amazing Race you know US international version no matter what it is you're going to have dancing you're going to have some type of you know marketplace navigation delivery thing these i think because these challenges always work these worked but there was no effort to dress this up in any way it was it was just a dancing challenge and it was just a delivery like i honestly can't even remember what they were supposed to deliver um but it is always good to see people having to be in you know uh, a foreign environment and Lost and you know, in in a time crunch and dancing, you know, you get that awkwardness of dancing. So, I mean, the challenges work just for the sake that it's hard to screw these ones up. Um, Timid Rod, I mean, first you look at them, you know, they're very tall, they're very kind of gangly, and you expect this is gonna be a train wreck because they just physically don't look built to be able to do this type of dancing. And even watching them, I like that we got, get the rehearsal stuff. There was probably more rehearsals than there was actual you know, performance dancing. And you look at them in the rehearsals, and I'm like, wow, this is going to be a train wreck. And then they get on stage, and it's just like incredible. Uh, really caught me off guard. Um, and Sid with his, you know, leg injury, I mean, it caused for some kind of awkward moves. This was another one of those challenges, though, that's like it was judged. And I was watching some teams that looked like they were completely synchronized with the other dancers and they're like no sorry try again and then other teams would go in there and it's like whoa they're like six seconds behind each other let alone the other dancers it's like you you get a free pass so i'm not really crazy about the judgments this season uh but still we did get the the great moments from tim and rod and then sid as well in this
2: yeah i think um (laughs) tim and rod like this is recency bias but potentially the best like uh, completion of a dance challenge ever, like based on being that close to like the example and having everything on point,
0: mm-hmm.
2: and then yeah, Sid and Ash the breakdown. Like, where did this injured knee come from? Him having to <laughs> to go back upstairs and him just wanting to like just keep performing it. And Ash, oh no, we should practice. No, we're just we're just gonna do the same thing up there as we're doing down here. Let's just keep performing it. Um. This needed some... I think it needed more editing in it. Like, I wanted to see the, like, when they slow it down and then they, like, highlight on the person, like, making the wrong move and then, like, zoom in on that so you know, like, what's wrong and why they've, like, failed the challenge. Um, yeah, everybody did, like, fairly well at this first a dance that actually looked really difficult. Um, so I think the judging was a little bit lackluster. The judge herself was great, though, Um She was good at kind of hiding whether they were going to get it or not and obviously she'd also heard about the dumpling stealing and that's why she was so harsh (laughs) on Sid and Ash. Uh, And then the market, I agree, it was really stock standard. Um, Obviously, Mongolians love their boots. Um, This market stall, with each team delivering like 20 boots, um, (laughs) obviously, yeah, Mongolians are big on their boots and um, the stall can handle 200 boots at a time. Uh, just a weird combination of of items to deliver to. Um, but I like that the market was busy, which, I mean, they always are. Um, yeah, nothing too special in that one. That was uh, another challenge I feel needed something else. Um, needed something to be really difficult to find. Um, something out the back. Um, maybe some lying monks. Um, just, yeah, just a little bit more in that challenge would have been great.
1: We hardly saw the the sort of navigating of the market, it just seemed to be some inter like clips of the teams moving yeah. through it. And like Viv and Joey's like, we're short. We can't really go that fast. And then a little bit of a, a fight between Jasmine and Jerome and like the, the pothole that they had to like contend with. So not too much shown, but I can't blame it because not many teams did it and it didn't really have as much fun to it as the dancing, which gave us a lot more uh, to talk about, especially when you have random injuries showing up for for no reason, um maybe that's happened because they didn't get that cab earlier on, but who knows uh, and the this and like at this point, you really see how the first challenge affected the order because then you see teams that are like you know time Tyler are coming in way last, and no one's there and and you know other teams swapping, so it really like affected the 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 order of everything and this, especially like navigating to the pit stop, apparently. Uh, Putin was in town, so that the, the roads were very traffic-induced. Um, the, then again, Bo bringing out random trivia for us to learn.
2: Uh, I love that they brought that up. Like, such, like, an inconsequential thing to talk about and, like, exp- explaining why and, like, the teams having, like, no idea themselves of why it was so busy on the road and Femi and Nick Striver going off-road, which really was their saving grace in this episode. Um but yeah, like, why, why bring it up? I just like it was amazing that they did, but it's just such a random thing to talk about.
1: Uh, well, they they had to explain why there was so much traffic, and it couldn't have been an accident.
0: Um, but like, yeah. did we need to know that? Like, isn't it better to just have an episode take place in a chaotic environment? You're you're trying to explain away. Oh, there's a lot of exciting stuff happening right now, but don't worry, this isn't normal. We didn't plan this. <laughs> No, I want to know every time, like every single episode. I
2: want at the start, like a list of events happening in that yeah. city on that yeah. day. <laughs> um, there's a little bit of traffic here because um, it's Saturday and all the local clubs are playing football down at the field. Uh, it's the under 10s grand final. So a little bit more traffic <laughs> on the road than usual.
0: Yeah. And, you know, the uh, the horse milk marketplace <laughs> is open right now. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> expecting big, big crowds. On. Yeah, fifty percent off. <laughs> it's a hot day. Everyone wants a nice, cool glass of horse milk. So we're expecting big crowds today. <laughs> yeah, um,
1: unnecessary information, but that is so both style, and we get uh, to appreciate all of the random trivia we get. Um, and it sort of tried to bring the drama of the episode. Like a, it was sort of more so confusing than climactic, like and dramatic, but teams checked in in almost random order it seemed like uh cause Sid and Ash got there first even though they like left last like fourth or something from a challenge or whatever uh and the guys like the the Tom and Tyler like somehow snuck up ahead of other teams and every, it just it didn't clarify the ending of how teams got there but somehow teams checked in it was not as nice as the last ending of the last episode
0: but uh but there is yeah. the the bonus of Viv and Joey where they're like <laughs> completely lost and a guy starts talking to them in English and they have them on camera. Like, hey, where are you guys from? Oh, we're from Australia. And they just go on ignoring the guy. That's like, then all of a sudden it occurred to me, wait, he's speaking to us in English. We could ask for his help.
1: That was the most uh, odd um, encounter. I ne- like, I'd never heard expect like someone to be like where are you from and then like oh wait you speak English you can help me
0: it's like it took him an hour and a half to he's like tracking the guy down six blocks away hold on remember when you said something to me back there in English I can use your help now now it's time for you to do me a favor
2: it was not how I expected like the moment to go as soon as he's like where are you from and like we kind of get this like music and this build up I'm like is this going to be like a moment of like he reminds me, I don't think they have kids, but he reminds me of, like, my son or my cousin mm-hmm. or my uncle or something. Um, and then the fact that it was used to help navigate, uh, like, the guy himself was so awkward. Um, <laughs> I, I thought, like, it was like, like, is this some big Amazing Race fan who we're getting this moment of, like, are you guys on the, like, he just knew they're on the Amazing Race?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, but then, yeah, just help us navigate. Like get into the cab, talk to the driver. Did he actually help tell the driver where they were going? They said he did, but I I don't. I wasn't convinced because the driver was still making all these phone calls. Yeah, Um, so just a really interesting moment to put in the episode.
1: And like the like, you normally you see, like, things like this on the Amazing Grace, and teams are like, does anyone speak English? English? English! And they're, like, running around frantically in these, like, Asian cities, and, like, <laughs> people are staring at them, and then this guy comes up, and they're like, oh, where are you guys from? Like, it just total different, atypical scene in the Amazing Race, and it was, yeah, a little awkward, but um, the kid, it was probably, like, it looked like a little kid, like a teenage boy, like, a, more so than an adult, but, um, yeah, it helped them, I guess. They didn't check in... Last Although it didn't matter Because the sisters would have had um, A two hour penalty anyway So uh, It was an interesting sort of events At the end of this race um, And finally the order Really shifted Like I, like just to go over We had Sid and Ash Tim and Rod The Deadly Duo Talman, Tyler, Viv and Joey Nick and Femi And then the sisters check in last And are eliminated But it was finally like something changed like yes yeah, the nurses the guys have been at the back and you know Sid and Ash were close to the top last week or last episode and this time so it's not that hard to imagine but it was finally like a change of it like it finally worked out like I was just glad to see that something has been changing in the rankings and we didn't get another first place for Tom and Tyler mm-hmm. um, so that will be it for these episodes do we want to buy rent bin the episodes Colin
0: um I'm actually really curious to see what you guys say. And I'm also curious if you have followed fan reactions this week to see if this really is viewed as the best week ever. Um, cause I'd say for the first episode, I'd been it like I didn't find much to enjoy in that first episode at all. What episode five, I guess um, the second one definitely improvement. I don't think I'd go as far as to say that I would buy it just cause It really was lacking, you know, anything new or fresh or exciting. Uh, But it's definitely rent-worthy. So I'd been episode five and I'd rent six. Jared? I think they're
2: both worthy of a rent. I think there's still issues that we've talked about um, throughout with consistency of challenges and judging and not knowing where teams are in relation to one another. I still think the um, second week was a lot better um, than this one, but obviously big advertising push to bring in all the block fans with their show finishing. So I don't know what the reactions were, but viewing figures went up for the Monday night, so most watched episode yet maybe is uh, a better term than best episode yet. Um yeah, I think both just really decent, solid episodes, but if they ha- could have condensed this into a single leg with just the best challenges, um, yeah, like it would have been a definite buy. Mm.
1: So I famously uh, binned the first two episodes, bought the second two episodes, um, and Jared's waiting for me to rent both these episodes. <laughs> um, and I definitely am going to rent the first one. I think that's a rent. I... I think the race is improving. I think everything's sort of finding its footing a little bit better. Um, I can't buy it because there was a hug. uh, (laughs) That stupid hug um, brings it down a little bit. Um, And I'm torn on the second one. I'm actually torn between like a rent and a buy because I actually really enjoyed it. I thought there was a lot of stuff to it. I think I'm going to go with my track record and just rent (laughs) both of them. So I have two buys, two runs, to do, wins of the season so far. And so I keep consistent. Um, but that was our rankings. Now we have to get to our preseason predictions that Jared doesn't want us to forget about. Um well, maybe he's winning the... again? <laughs> maybe because he's doing the best out of everyone.
0: <laughs>
1: um, you didn't listen to last. So you don't know where we're standing at the, the points, no. do you?
0: No, I okay, haven't heard so... last week's.
1: So as of now, before these two episodes, Jared has three points. I have one point and you have one point. Ooh. So going into this week's episodes, Chris and Adrian, they came in eighth place. I predicted that they would come in fifth. So it was a few places off, Colin, you said they would come in last. So you were a few places off and Jared, you said that they would come in seventh. So you're <sighs> one off. So you get the point for that one. Um, I think very fitting, you get Chris and Adrian's point.
2: (laughs) Right? It was just a bad week for me, favorite team-wise. I should not have said anything last week about my two favorite teams, and then what do you know? Next week, both of them are gone.
1: And the sisters were eliminated in seventh place. Uh, Colin, you said they would come in sixth, so you were one-off. Jared, you said they would come second, so you are definitely not getting this point. And I said they would come in seventh, so I oh. just beat out Colin for the point.
0: <laughs> it was a photo finish at the mat.
1: Yeah, I just beat you by, like, seconds. Oh. But i to get
2: both your feet on next time, Colin. That's yeah. right.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the current tally after three weeks of the Amazing Race Australia, Jared, you have four points, Colin, you have one point,
0: and I have two points you know like Uh people need to understand when we do our predictions here we just share it in our group chat I'm totally next year going to pick identical rankings to Jared and just switch up one spot and just see what happens
1: maybe (laughs) a woman looking forward to next week if next week is an elimination episode um, which it may be we haven't seen non elimination in a while but Uh, Sixth place, I have Nick and Femi coming in sixth, so it could happen. Jared, you have Jerome and Jasmine, the deadly duo, coming in sixth, so maybe not likely. Yeah, I don't want that. And Colin, you would put Haley and Michaela at sixth, so that's not happening.
0: I'm getting Um, this point. (laughs) Yeah,
1: you had Haley and Michaela finish one spot ahead of Alana and Nico, so (laughs) you're doing good.
0: (laughs) You know what's so funny? Um... I was watching the opening credits for the first episode. Again, last week's already a complete blur because I'm watching. I'm like, Alana and Nico, what place did they come in? (laughs) Somehow I forgot they were even the first eliminated team. They weren't in much of the episode. No. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah. The nuns tricked them.
2: (laughs) (laughs) and nuns cheated as well nobody's safe this season so many
0: cheaters
2: (laughs) can we talk about too how Sid and Ash got a thousand dollars because they randomly decided to bring the prizes back in (laughs) leg two prize leg six prize Um, (laughs) Bankwest being a little bit stingy here Uh, although like get some more sponsors
0: (laughs) Yeah. is there free
2: contact lenses at this point. <laughs> <laughs> you get, a s- get a lifetime supply of Cliff Bars, please. <laughs> Here's a six pack of
1: Powerade. <laughs> Yay! I mean, better than nothing. I mean, they're getting nothing if at these legs. <laughs> I mean, maybe they're doing it for each like team that try gets first, almost like because Tom and Tyler were they got one prize. Um, poor yeah. Shit. Jasmine and Jerome didn't get a prize, but St. Nash got a prize. (laughs) Maybe they're trying to reserve it for only even number legs, but forgot to do it on four. Uh, Who knows? I it's so random. Like, but that's the joy of Amazing Race reboots. But that'll do it for us for this week of Amazing Race coverage. Uh, Please leave many, many five star reviews on this episode. Uh, Fuel our egos, make us feel better, um, suffer with us as we watch Bo hug more contestants. (laughs) uh, And watch Amazing Race Australia if you live in Australia because we need the ratings. And stay tuned to the Alice Network. Uh, Colin, thank you for being here.
0: You're welcome for you You and 599,999 other people.
1: And your number one fan, Chris, is going to be glad to have you on this episode.
0: So. Yes, and my number two fan, John Montgomery, as well.
1: Yeah, uh, I'm sure he's listening to us. <laughs> hey, John. Yeah. And Jared, thank you for being here yet again.
2: No problem. Um, I'm all about the consistency and looking forward to uh, the intersection on uh, Monday night's episode. Uh, it's a shame we lost the sisters, so we could have had Sid Nash and the sisters, the cheating pairs, pairing up, but I'm hoping for Sid and Ash uh, and Deadly Duo having to work together.
1: Oh, that'll be vicious. Uh, We have a lot to look forward to. The best episode of The Amazing Race is coming up this Monday. Uh, Stay tuned. Uh, Listen to the Oz Network for all the movies, Star Wars, uh, uh, other things. Jonathan Taylor Thomas movie random thing, and yeah, listen to stuff. (laughs) Goodbye.